Hey, good to see you. If you have a Bible, turn to the book of Nehemiah. We're going to talk about um, a topic entitled One Day, Four Months Later. And uh, if you look at this book of the Bible, between the first verse of the first chapter and the first verse of the second chapter, four months elapses. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But the, the important point today is to uh, understand that there are things that God is working on now that are going to happen in the future. He's already got his hand involved, his heart involved, and people involved. And how many of you know, one, one day, four months later, God could bring something wonderful into your life? Amen. So you really can't put it in a formula. You can't put it on a calendar. Uh, this whole story of Nehemiah has to do with building walls around his hometown because it was unsafe. That's the whole story of Nehemiah. His city was unsafe, and uh, he found out about it, and he felt like God wanted him to do something. How many of you have ever, ever had God call you to do something specific and did it? Keep your hand up. All right? Because we've all had things he's called us to do, and we didn't do it. And Nehemiah got involved. So let me read this to you. In the month of Nisan, which is four months after the month of, of Kislon, in the 20th year of the king Artaxerxes, when wine was brought to him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before, so the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid. But I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my fathers are buried lies in ruins? And its gates have been destroyed by fire. The king said to me, what is it you want? Underline that part. How many have ever had a king say to you, what do you want? What do you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven. Have you ever get an answer? Somebody asked you something, you're like, oh my goodness, I didn't think that was coming. And in your brain, you're going, dear God, dear God, dear God, help me, help me, help me say the right thing. Are you with me? And that's what's going on in his head. He goes, he said, I prayed to the God in heaven, and I answered the king. If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my fathers are buried so I can rebuild it. Then the king with the king, queen sitting beside him, how many of you know that's a good deal? If you've got the king and the queen. Then the king with the queen, queen sitting beside him asked me, how long will your journey take, and when will you be back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. I also said to him, if it pleases the king, may I have, a le have letters to the governors of Trans-Euphrates so that they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. And may I have a letter from Asaph, keeper of the king's forest, so he will give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel by the temple and for the city wall and for the residence I will occupy and because the gracious hand of God was upon me the king granted my requests so I went to the governors uh, governors of trans Euphrates and asked them and gave them the king's letters the king had also sent army officers and cavalry with me let's pray real, real quick father there's a point you want to make to all of us that we can do something great for you, and we shouldn't be afraid to ask, but there's a prerequisite. Help us, Lord, to see the prerequisite in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, how many of you are waiting for something? 
You've already done your taxes, and you're waiting. Now, that doesn't happen as much as it used to, but now it's kind of electronic. I get that. How long is too long? When do you start getting antsy? This story starts with a prayer, a secret held in one man's heart, and an opportune moment to move forward. This, this action didn't have any steps for four months. We don't live in a society that waits four months for a whole lot of things. Now, I can remember when I was, I'm a, I'm a pastor's kid. I grew up in a pastor's home. And uh, some, someday before I die, I want to write all the true stories and, and keep the names out. All right. But my mom told me about these friends we had in, uh, in Dubuque, Iowa, when my dad was a pastor in Dubuque. We lived on the Mississippi River. There was a, a John Deere plant there. And uh, one of our main guys in the church, you got to understand, my dad pastored a church of about 26. And 11 of, us, 11 of those were us. So we had 15 members. And one of them got laid off from John Deere. And how many of you know what that does to a church of 26? He had the best job of all of us, and he was a very generous man. So he got laid off, and all of a sudden they were having trouble financially, and things weren't going well. And his wife went to my mother, and, she, and my mom said, how are you doing? She goes, it's really hard. She said, we're behind on bills. And she said, I'm really struggling getting phone calls. And, and she said, but I came, up with, I came up with a plan. She said, we, we need his job, and, and we believe he'll get his job, but until then... Every time a bill comes in the mail, I put it in a hat. And then when he gets his unemployment check, I pull out bills until the money's all gone. And the rest don't get paid. And she said, I had a bill collector call me the other day. And the bill collector said to me, you got to pay this bill. And he was mean. And she said, I told him, this is what I do. When he gets his unemployment check, I take the bills, I pull them out, I pay them until the money's gone, and if you call me one more time, your bill's not even going in the hat. <laughs> That's when you know you need God to intervene in your situation, right? I mean, think about it. Nehemiah was kind of in the same boat. God had called him to do something he couldn't afford. He could never get done on his own. At some point in our life, we are either going to be a Nehemiah or we're going to be an Artaxerxes. We're going to, be able to, we're going to have a need or we're going, to, we're going to be able to meet a need. The favorite part of this text for me is a statement that Nehemiah made. And it was this. And because the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted my requests. Because the gracious hand of the Lord was upon me, the king granted my request. A challenge for all of us is, are we doing now what will put us in a position for us to be able to say with confidence, the gracious hand of God was upon me? What should we be doing now for what can happen four months from now? Everybody with me? Because it's a whole different prayer pattern if you don't do anything for God, you're not generous, you're not giving, you're not praying, and then all of a sudden we get in trouble and we pray this prayer. Dear God, you get me out of this one, I promise I'll never do it again. 
one of the worst prayers you could ever pray. Dear God, get me out of this one. But I believe that if we do the right things, when the time comes for us to be challenged, we'll be able to, listen, he didn't say this from, from some prophecy. He just said, the gracious, I felt like the gracious hand of God was upon me and now was the time. And how do you get there? You get there, he's at, listen, he's asking, he, he made it. How many of you noticed what he did? He said, look, I, I want to rebuild the wall. And the king and his wife said, well, how long will you be gone? And they granted him. And then all of a sudden he went, oh, wow, well, if I got that, then. Have you ever had your parents like in a really good mood? And they just got their tax check? Well, if you don't let me drive the car, why don't you give me the car? <laughs> and all of a sudden, man, this thing just opened up and everything he wanted, he asked for. And it was four months later, but he said, I felt confident that I could do this because behind the scenes, I was doing the right things. How many of you are here? And if behind the scenes you're not doing the right thing, and then you say, but God, I want to be blessed. How many of you know that's kind of an oxymoron? Like jumbo shrimp. Tall roads. Some of you got it. And so I want, to, I want to launch off of that very statement. The first thing I want to talk about is while Nehemiah was living, Artaxerxes was watching. Two principles that bring God's blessing. Trust me, God and people are watching. God is not the captain of the thought police, but he does sovereignly know who is ready for the task at hand. Generally, he looks for the one who is faithful. And let me point something out to you. Artaxerxes was not, a, was not a follower of God. How many of you know God can use a rich king for his own business? You don't know where your blessing would come, can come from. You have no clue. Someday you'll tell the story and go, it, look, it, it was God. It was all God because that could never happen. Number one, hard work does not go unnoticed by God or man. Nehemiah was a cupbearer to a Persian king, Artaxerxes. He was loyal to the king, and he worked with a good, positive attitude. One day, Nehemiah presented the wine with sadness, and the king noticed and asked his cupbearer the reason for his sadness. Nehemiah took the opportunity to request a leave of absence in order to travel to Jerusalem and rebuild the walls that remained in disrepair. Now, Look at that point. The king had never seen him sad. Now, there's kind of an inside reason for that, because cupbearers not only tasted all the king's food and drank all of his wine to make sure it wasn't poisoned, they also could be killed if they weren't happy in the presence of the king. So how many of you go to work every day going, whistle while you work? Dun, 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 dun. I don't think you all do that. I know I don't always do that, but most of the time. All right. He had to go to work and go. Part of my job is to eat his food, drink his wine, make sure I don't drop over dead. How many of you want that job? Not, not, not moi. And then also, I can't look sad. Now, I want you to see something in Nehemiah. He was willing to risk his sadness because he was a man of integrity. How many of you are here? 
He was willing to stand before the king and be sad rather than fake it. And the king said, you've never been sad in my presence. You've never taken this kind of risk. What is going on? And he was willing to take the time with this hardworking servant because he was consistent and he was a hard worker. Nehemiah was an excellent cupbearer because he trusted and honored God in all that he did and he worked diligently. Proverbs twenty-two twenty-nine says, do you see someone skilled in their work? They will serve before kings. Some of you in this room years ago went to Paraguay on a uh, missions trip that, uh, that uh, this church sponsored. And we were in Asuncion, Paraguay, and the, some of the leaders on the trip were talking to the missionary, and the missionary said, oh, I have a contact with the president. Uh, how about if I try and get us an appointment with the president of Paraguay? Now, how many of you know that's kind of way out there? And within about 24, 48 hours, part of our team was we- meeting with President Juan Carlos Wasmosa in the Paraguayan White House, talking about drug rehabilitation and how we can help people and so on and so forth. And you know what? You know what that? You know what that is? It was that missionary working hard, doing his job, getting it done. All of a sudden, he makes an ask, and they say, "Yeah, we'll, we'll give you an appointment." And it made a difference. Nehemiah's work as a cupbearer is a good reminder to us today that God cares how we work. Colossians 3.23 tells us, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Hard work does not go unnoticed. Secondly, faithfulness does not go unnoticed by God or man. Artaxerxes said, I've not seen you sad in my presence before. So the king asked, why does your face look so sad when you're not ill? Nehemiah was in a strange place. Let me give you a little historical background. The Jewish people were taken into captivity. At one point, the first Artaxerxes let many of them go back to their hometown, but a lot of them stayed, in, not in captivity, but they, were, they, were, they already had their jobs where they were. So some people had gone back, and most likely to Judah, the, uh, the family of Artaxerxes had, had gone back to their homeland. So it bothered him that it was in disarray. And Nehemiah was now in a strange place. He stayed. He had a good government job. How many of you are here? But he heard that things weren't good at home, and he wanted to go back and make it right. And he could have lived any way he wanted in captivity, any way he wanted. He could have been a bad cupbearer. He could have been a thief. He could have been a liar. But he wasn't. Nehemiah was in a strange place. He, had given up, he could have given up his principal lifestyle. No one would have cared or noticed. In an article by Michael Haverluck, he shares the following. With, a, with approximately 70% of Christian teens, teenagers, entering college and walking away from their faith, college ministries are tackling the attrition rate head-on at secular campuses across America. Campus renewal, campus renewal divulged that roughly 7 out of 10 Christian college students going off to college end up leaving their faith during their first year on campus. Can I get a witness? It's very true. And that's the very situation Nehemiah found himself in. 
I'm away from my family. I'm away from my boundaries. I'm away from uh, mom and dad. And uh, many of you here know what that's like. All of a sudden, you feel like you're, you know, Leonard Skinner called you the free bird. And you're going to fly. <clears throat> and you leave your faith. Nehemiah didn't do it. It's a great story about a guy that hung on to his principles. Nehemiah was living in a culture much like the modern college experience. He had options, but he held on to his personal priorities, which included his desire to always have the hand of God upon him. He held strong in his prayers. He prayed for four months. He held strong in his money. Nehemiah had remained faithful in his giving. How many of you know when money gets tight, unfortunately, generosity is the first thing to go? I, I didn't hear anything. <laughs> How do you know when things get tight, generosity is the first thing to go? And let me share something with you. Whether you're tight or not tight, you can still be generous. You've got something you can give. And if it's not money, you can give something else. Here is proof that this generous person was faithful in his giving. The first thing Nehemiah established, when he, one of the first things he established when he got back to his homeland and rebuilt the walls around the city, he found out that people were not being generous. Now, I don't know what Nehemiah looked like, I don't know how big he was, but I do think he was a type of guy that could uh, exert authority. Because he called all the priests together and he said, what is going on? There's nobody giving any offerings, there's nobody giving any money, people aren't tithing, and they said, well, people just quit. How many of you she never quit tithing? Hold on a minute. Come on, stay with me. This could get very long if you don't participate. <laughs> All right? Like somebody yelled, amen, let's go. Amen. I was in a meeting one time with a group of preachers, and the lead pastor said to one of the pastors, pray for lunch, and then we'll go eat. He prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed from Genesis to Revelation. And one of the older guys in the back said, and the Lord said, let my people go. I had nothing to do with sermon. It's a great story. <laughs> One of the first things Nehemiah did was restore the tithe. He restored the generosity. He said, who's taking care of the priests? Who's taking care of the house of God? We can't live this way. And he restored it. And it says in Nehemiah 13, I discovered that the portions of the Levites had not been given to them. They were the priests. So that the Levites and the singers who performed the service had gone away each to his own field. So I reprimanded the officials and said, why is the house of God forsaken? And, I, and you know, I'm not a hardball type person, but I think someone asked me last week, hey, Pastor Steve, can I talk about tithing? I said, yeah. So I'm thinking about starting. I said, okay. I said, I'll tell you what I know. I always tithe. My daddy was a preacher. My mother would deduct it from my paycheck. I went to my father's church. They knew whether or not I tithe. How many of you know it's like living with someone from the FBI? <laughs> and I said to them, I've always tithe. I just always have. I never really stopped. I never gave up on it. So I can, I can tell you, I, I like my life. I like, the way, I like what God's done in my life. I mean, I don't have any complaints about tithing. And I've never said, wow, 10%. My goodness, are you kidding me? Could you make it four and a half? So Nehemiah, he was always like this. Now look, when he went to the king, this is who he was. 
So we have a need. I, I really think God counts character in our requests. Are you with me? Especially for the things that are big and honor him. And he restored the giving. In Malachi 3, 6 through 8, we get this promise from God. says, I don't change. Nothing about me has changed. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you've turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I'll return to you. And then he says, test me. Give me a test. How have you ever thought you could be in a position to test God? Okay, God, I got a test for you. As if God is going to study. Are you with me? He already has the answer. But he said, test me in your tithes and your offerings. Some of you are here today. This is not meant to be bold. And if you're a visitor here today, we talk about money very rarely, maybe once or twice a year. And this really isn't about money. How many of you are following me? This is about a man that had to do something for God and felt very confident in asking because he said, the hand of the, hand of the king, the hand of the Lord is upon me. I'm where I'm supposed to be. So I'm really not sweating this whole thing that God has asked me to do. When I get a chance, I'm going to tell him what I want. I want to share with you a, a quick story of a man you've probably all heard of. Um, generosity is part of our character, even when he was far from home. Someone asked the richest man in the world, Bill Gates, which I don't know if he is anymore, but when this was written, he was, is anyone richer than you in the world? Bill, Gel Bill Gates replied, yes, there is a person who is richer than me. He then narrated a story. It's during the time when I was a rich when I wasn't rich or famous, I was at the New York airport when I saw a, new, a newspaper vendor. I wanted to buy one newspaper, but found that I, don't have enough, I didn't have enough change. So I left the idea of buying and returned it to the vendor. I told him of not having the change, and the vendor said, I'm going to give you this for free. On his insistence, I took the newspaper. Coincidentally, after two or three months, I landed at the same airport, and again, I was short of change for a newspaper. The vendor offered me the newspaper again. I refused and said, I can't take it, for I don't have the change today either. He said, you can take it. I'm sharing this for my profit. It won't be a loss, so I took the paper. After 19 years, I became famous and known by people. Suddenly, I remembered the vendor. I began searching for him, and after about one and a half months of searching, I found him. I asked him, do you know me? He said, yes, you are Bill Gates. I asked him again, do you remember once you gave me a newspaper for free? And the vendor said, yes, I remember I gave you two newspapers for free. <laughs> and Bill Gates said to him, I want to repay the help you had offered me at that time. Whatever you want in life, tell me, and I will give it to you. And the vendor said, sir, don't you think that by doing, you, doing so, you won't be able to match my help? I said, why? He said, I helped you when I was a poor newspaper vendor, and you're trying to help me now when you become the richest man in the world. How can your help match mine? Gates said, that day I realized that the newspaper vendor is richer than me because he didn't wait to become rich to help somebody. Are we here? We can all be generous, no matter what our state in life is. So just remember, this is important. Bring the whole tithe in the storehouse, that there will be food in my house. 
Test me in this, said the Lord Almighty, and see if I won't throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. Artaxerxes said, what do you want? He said, now's the time. I've got to be honest with him and I've got to tell him. So number one, Nehemiah was living. Artaxerxes was looking. Hard work does not go unnoticed by God or man. Faithfulness does not go unnoticed by God or man. When Nehemiah requested, Artaxerxes responded. You should always know what you need. Now I want you to just take a look real quick at the screens and this is how prepared we should be when we know what we want. No, no, I want an official writer at our cover license. You want to get ready my lay rifle? You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Most of you have seen that. Those of you that haven't should. What happened? He said, what do you want for Christmas? He told him, I want a Red Ryder BB gun with a compass in the stock and a thing that tells time. Or Artaxerxes said to, to Nehemiah, what do you want? And he prayed and he said, God, help me say this the right way. Help me say this the right way. I want, to, I, want to, I want to leave of absence, and I, you know, I want to leave of absence, I want to go back to my homeland of Judah, and I want to rebuild the walls, and I've been praying about it for four months, and now I, I not only want that, but if you give me that, will you give me that? Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. Um, and then can you give me, um, can you give me your American Express card? And can you give me um, uh, free passage? Give me a passport, and can you take care of me? King said, what do you want? He said, if it pleases the king and your servant has found favor in your sight. Because he was generous and because he was faithful, listen close, he had no problem saying, let me tell you what's on my heart. You know, when you wake up in the morning, it's good to wake up with a clean conscience, roll over, roll over and, and say, God, I'm going to start this day. And I've done everything I can to live for you. Lord, honor Give honor to my life. Give purpose to my life. And you don't know who's going to ask you, hey, what do you want? Not only know what you want, but finally do something noble. You'll never understand a man's methods unless you understand his motives. Let me, let me tell you something. Even the ungodly people in the world, even people that are narcissistic and those that are self-centered. And how many of you know uh, if, people, if someone is self-absorbed, eventually they will self-destruct? And you work with people like that all the time. But let me tell you something. God can take their prosperity, he can take their position, he can take their power, and he can put it into your life. And this is what happened. No one would have ever predicted this. They would have predicted a fundraiser. Let's, you know, let's have a bake sale. A lot of bake sales. But Nehemiah said, I believe the hand of God is upon me. And then he says, the reason he treated me the way he treated me is because the hand of God was upon me. And even unbelievers can see that. How do you know that? Your neighbors see it. Your neighbors know whether you're a good neighbor. How many of you are here? They know. 
People you work with never know whether or not your heart's in the right place. Do something noble. Why should my face not look sad when my city was destroyed and my ancestors are living in need? I want to share, I want to ask you a question before we close this morning. Where are you in your generosity journey? Are you giving away papers or are you waiting for your ship to come in? My father used to say to my mom, of course, we had a big family. Dad would come home and he'd say to my mom, we get any mail. And mom would say, uh, yeah, we got mail. He goes, did our ship come in? And my mom, honestly, consistently would go, no, Bill, our, our, our ship didn't come in. Finally, one day, I, I remember my dad saying, hey, Barb, we get any mail? Yeah. Did our ship come in? Bill, at this point, I am convinced they haven't even started building our ship yet. I want to share something with you. Some of you are in a generosity journey, and you feel like you've got to wait for your ship to come in, and you don't. Start today. Be generous. Some of you are on a tithe journey. Should I, shouldn't I? I'm working my way up to it. I, I, I just would say dive in. And the reason I say dive in is because God is always faithful. I'm going to ask our uh, service hosts if they would come forward. We're going to take our offering. We're taking it at the end of the service. We don't always do this. But I want to share something with you today. At some point in your life, guess what? You're going to be an Artaxerxes, or you're going to be a Nehemiah. Which one is it? Nehemiah, generous lifestyle, live that lifestyle all the time. When he had a call from God to do something incredibly big, millions of dollars in, in our day's money. He said, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to venture out into my, into my new journey because the, the hand of God is upon me. Well, that's a good thing to be able to say about yourself. Isn't it? It's not heady. It's not conceited. It's righteous. I can, I can do this because I feel like I've done the right thing. So let's pray over the offering, and then as they're taking the offering, I just want you to watch the screen, one of the most, I don't know, one of the most powerful giving videos I've seen in a long time. Let's pray together. Father, I pray you bless this offering, bless this message. God, one day, four months from now, some of us may be saying, yeah, I can tell you what I need, because the noble hand of a God is upon me. Bless this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Just watch the screens. We're back. So, we moved outside. Very pretty. Very pretty. I like it. Bowen Platinum. Noah Syndergaard. Ben Zobras. So that looks like... I see, that looks like... No, I guess that's just the base. Huh. Okay, Ben Zobras. Very cool. Mike Trout. Ooh, lucky! Mike Trout. Alright, you're winning so far. Kinsa Maeda. Jackie Bradley Jr. Oh, very nice. Who is it? Platinum Presence, New York Yankees, Clint Frazier. Woo! He's on fire right now. He just got called up. I didn't know that. So <laughs> this is a good Bronx bomber right here. Clint Frazier, that's a good one. Awesome. Pool. Yes, good pool. 
Anthony Alford, Bowman's Next Generation. Ooh, Dylan Seath Pitcher. That looks like huh. a blue ice. That looks like a, yeah. a parallel. That's a cubby, so that's good. Number. Yeah. Carter Cuban. Look at that. Pink Epsilon Special Insert. No. Brett Phillips. <laughs> what is it? What the heck? What is it? Looks like a baseball card. What does it say on the back? I don't know. Fluid Who's on it? <laughs> is it an so up and coming? Who is it? Yeah, it looks like it. Who is it? Hey, look, it's me. What? Steve? What's it say on the back? Read it. Alright, that's so cool. <laughs> <coughs> you. Alright. <laughs> Steve has had a lot on his plate. With his health issues, he's been striking out a lot. <laughs> Baseball pins. He was not sure how he was going to wind up. His wife Heather thinks he is a great catch, so she's decided to go to bat for him. Now Steve will be a rookie recipient at Vanderbilt Trans. cards like an official tops custom card but i found out so i did it on monday before i even knew um and it takes three to five days so i called him or i messaged tops today because i hadn't gotten it yet and i heard the news and she sent me the the proofs so i could tell you immediately because i i couldn't wait and i really wanted to tell you in a special way <laughs> but you have your very own tops Special edition card. <laughs> for a match. You're saving my life. <laughs> yeah, for <a> <laughs> I, I got the phone call and I went into the stairwell at work and I just, I just started bawling my eyes. <laughs> that means you lied to me today. <laughs> I made a little fib. I knew something. Was up. I knew something was up. Because you told me to go to sports clips and get the MVP. You never told me to get the MVP. Treat you always yourself. told me that's a Christmas present. And so I was telling Calkins and the lady cutting my hair, and I was like, I think something's up. And she goes, why? And I was like, well, I'm waiting on a trip. And my wife told me to come get an MVP. And she never lets me get an MVP. I have to go to great clips. And only win at $6. I can't believe it. The MVP is too expensive. <laughs> I love you. Okay, come here, come here. Let's stand together. When your wife gives you her kidney, it's got nothing to do with money. How many of you are here? It's just being generous. How many of you are with me this morning? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I want to be generous even when I'm not Bill Gates, right? I want to be generous, part of my lifestyle. So let's pray together. Father, I pray in Jesus' name 
that you would make us generous in heart. God, you would make us, uh, you would just soften our hearts when it comes to giving and it comes to being generous. I pray you would bless all the gifts today. And I pray, Lord, you bless everyone as we go our separate ways. And God, help us to know what we want because one day, four months from now, someone's going to ask. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.